4 o'clock football frenzy. Hey, hit me so hard down there. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. As soon as Adam Hill finishes his final mock, when is that out for the paper? Uh, it'll probably hit the web Wednesday and then run in the paper Thursday morning. All right. Uh, he'll be entering probably uh, Wednesday morning, late Tuesday night, our LVSportsNetwork.com drafting for no contest because you're going to go against us, the host. Now, we can't win. Well, you can kick your ass, but we can't win the prize. It's sure. $1,000 cash and $250 in terms of a gift card from the Raiders Image Store. So get up there, LVSportsNetwork.com, to get into the drafting for no contest. It is brought to you by Nova Home Loans. You are looking at the board here at the D, Bar Canada. By the way, we've got like five games starting off here. Well, there was already one afternoon game sure. in hockey. We've got five more games starting up, including the Avs against the Blues, which is kind of a big game with the Avs on deck for the Knights in the middle of the week. Yeah, big Wednesday night spot. Looking forward to it. Avs, Blues, what are you looking for tonight? Because the Avs have come out of this long pause with a split so This is the final of a three-game set against the Blues. Yeah, I just saw Rantanen was off the uh, COVID list. It literally just the tweet popped up. That's what I was looking at over on the board. And uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be big for them. I, I, Is that why you're really looking at the board, or yeah. are you looking for one of your tweets? I didn't send a tweet just now. I just want to – because they've got the tracker, the, the, the scrolling Twitter board at Circus Sports, and Adam, I swear, just sits here at least once an hour. It's just like, I'm going to send something out so I can see myself on the board. You know, you're a pretty big deal after the weekend. Uh, very, Dana White helped. Uh, very famous. Help, help, help. Well, I don't know if he helped you. Well, he made me much more, uh, <laughs> my name much more recognizable. That's for sure. So great. Uh, yeah, well, I was already on the board before that, though. It's not I like know. I just, you know. You were a big deal. That's why I, I, that I had people today, they're like, oh, he hit the big time. I'm like, he's on the circuit board. He's already a big, he's already a big timer. It's true. Uh, yeah, that's what I was looking at. I really was looking at a, a co- off the COVID list tweet uh, that had happened. I was also, also looking for some uh, uh, some some current draft numbers on some of the over under positions and some of the players. Uh, but yeah, I, I think listen, it's not important. It's not important that Colorado like wins every game, but I think it's important for them to to find their find their legs, find their footing uh, going into the playoffs. And like I said, it is going to be important down the stretch here to finish first. You want to finish first in that division. There's three really good teams, and whoever is that fourth team in is going to be kind of a, you know, a team that barely sneaks in, uh, that you know, finds a way to you know finish ahead of those other teams in the standings. Uh, but that's what you want to play in the first round. So you want to win, and Colorado can't afford to fall too far behind Vegas because Vegas is winning every game. By the way, so is Minnesota. We're, we we keep talking about Vegas being on a uh, the Knights being on a nine game winning streak. I think Minnesota's on a seven game winning streak. Uh, because I was looking at the stats uh, this morning, I was looking at the standings, and I said, "Wow, the Knights haven't picked up any ground." Like, oh yeah, because they're winning every game too. This is nuts. So, so yeah, I think you want to avoid playing them in the first round, and uh, Colorado and Vegas will be fighting it out for first place to avoid them in the first round. What odds update did you want? I've got my Circa app open right here. Would you like some of the glamour players? I think the audience would like to hear that. Uh, sure. Yeah. So you think you think more glamour players and less like my interest in where Anthony Schwartz over under is right now? I will find you Schwartz <laughs> in a couple minutes. 
Uh, Justin Fields over under now at Circa is seven and a half. I mean, has to go over or under the seventh pick. So I and I I know that this. I mean, you know, people don't like hearing like the intricacies and that sort of thing necessarily. But keep in mind because I think a lot of people will say, well, if the Forty ers don't take him, who's taking a quarterback? Like you know, the Falcons probably won't take a quarterback, although they could. The Bengals won't. The Dolphins won't. The Lions may not. So clearly it's over because none of those other teams are taking quarterback. Well, think about trades. And as I said, uh, I think the Falcons would be wise to try to trade down if the Broncos are willing to jump up to try to get Justin Fields at four. Right. Um, So just because you don't think those teams are going to take a quarterback don't necessarily think that he's going to fall past seven and a half. Uh, I think there's a good chance somebody trades up, so I would bet the under, I guess. Trey Lance over under six and a half. Under, 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 minus 150. Yeah, I've got a pretty big bet on the over, uh, six and a half here. Um, I think there's a chance that he's the 49ers pick. We've heard the 49ers are between Jones and and Lance. Man, Mac Mac Jones over under three and a half. The under is minus 400. Well, I mean, you're basically betting will he be picked by the Niners. That's who you're betting. You don't (laughs) think anyone else is jumping up to take him? We get three and a half. That's a good point. It's the third pick, yeah. Yeah. So if we know who the first and second are. And let me tell you, I'm going to say it right now. And I've, I've thrown out this threat. They don't care because they know I keep coming back. If the, if, if, if the Jets shocked us and took Mac Jones, I'm done. Oh, that'd be awful. No, I'd, be, I'd be totally done. I saw the theory yesterday, which I think was kind of a joke, but I said, you know what? That actually makes more sense than anything else that – the the reason the 49ers leaked out that report that they're not interested in Justin Fields was because they're obsessed with Justin Fields and they're scared that the Jets are going to change their mind and take oh. him. And so they put out this thing like, hey, we don't want Justin Fields. We have issues with him. So the Jets won't take him, which would be – that would make more sense than anything else. Yeah. I'm getting sad already. I cried when uh, when the Jets – Won their way out of Trevor Lawrence, idiots. Remember how, remember how angry people got? They're like, why are you rooting for him to lose? Does anyone care now? And it's exactly what I said, right? Months from now, you're not even going to know how the Jets effed it up. But you're getting mad at me because I'm rooting against it. Even Jets fans, you morons. You're preaching to the choir with me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not tanking every year if you're not in the playoffs. Why, why was freaking Flacco playing? Sign someone off the street. They did so well against the Raiders, letting them score that touchdown. Everything was going in the right direction. I almost said effing Flacco on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kyle Trask, over-under, a quarterback from Florida, 66-and-a-half. So you're looking at beginning of the second. Under. Second. Sorry, over. Beginning of the third. So you think he goes – he's going late. I think he's going later. Uh, Davis Mills, the Stanford quarterback, all the way up to over-under, 62-and-a-half. So he'll be – you're basically picking – First or second round? I think it's way down. Like, it is it's way the, down. It was the hundreds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he, I think somebody might take him in the second round. I'll go. I'll go under. Schwartz, may the Schwartz be with you. Yeah, is that what you wanted? Yeah. Who is he? Uh, wide receiver, uh, Auburn, fastest player in the draft. Oh no. Uh, which I think he was in the one fifties when I bet him under, and I think he's now in, like the nineties. Eighty-seven and a half. Okay, even lower. Even lower now. So, I mean, it, I'm, what I'm waiting for is a certain point where I can bet the over. Right. Um, 
so I could you know try to middling build. the NFL draft. Yeah. Thank you, Circa, making it possible <laughs> by putting up a hundred players. A hundred percent correct. Anyone else? Any other deep sleepers? Um, not necessarily. I, I bet some early that I that I'm kind of regretting now. <laughs> uh, guys that and and this this is the draft is so weird. But you know we talked about it last year with. After all the film study and everything else, when I landed on, on Justin Jefferson, and I was like, well, somebody should take him higher, and they really didn't. He, he kind of fell down to where he was expected, a fifth receiver in the draft. This year, uh, my guy that I've loved on film is Aziz Ojolari. Uh, I bet him under because I figured everybody else would kind of follow me and say, hey, look, the film is unbelievable. He's going to be picked very high. Uh, so I bet the under, and some other people I know bet the under with me, and I don't think that's going to happen now. <laughs> You didn't get to react to what happened at the end of last week. You weren't on. Arden Key signs and then Mohor signs, both with the Niners. And uh, <laughs> Niners I asked, building their depth on the defensive line. I asked Damian Barling, who's our guy who covers the Niners. He runs the Niners. He doesn't, but his station runs the Niners on 1320 in, in Sacramento. And I'm like, who's going to win this trade? Raiders getting Solomon Thomas or the Niners getting both guys? Maybe Key doesn't make the team, but yeah. Hurst and Key. Who wins this? Uh, well, I mean, uh, Hurst might be the best player in that, that group. Why is he gone? He's been really good. Why did they get rid of him? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think it's <laughs> it's something, we're, you know, as we talk more and more to, to Mayock and Gruden as the season goes on, I think we'll do it. I, I think if they, if they pick, you know, if they go heavy on the defensive line in this draft, I think it's fair to go back and be like, you had a guy that was playing really well. Like, why did you get rid of him? Um. So I don't know. I don't know what happened, if there was something behind the scenes, if there was something that went on, if they just wanted the cap space. I don't know. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher, and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Yeah. It's time for Cofield and Company's Path to the Draft, presented by Weed Sellers. WeedSellers.com. That's Weed, C E L L A R S.com. Let's go, Jets. Yeah. Better than the Skins, better than the Giants. Better than the Fins, the Steelers, and Lions. Better than the Pats and most Bolts of Lightning. Right the up. best in the league, screen Jets with excitement. Better than the Packers, better than Peyton. Better than the Boys, the Saints, and the Ravens. Better than the Eagles, the Falcons, and Vikings. We the best in the league, screen Jets with excitement. The Jets are the Do it. Scream Jets with excitement, Adam Hill. What are you doing? Jets! I felt half-hearted. It was. I don't. I don't. I'm not buying that one. Wow, really good. Uh, top-notch hip hop rap. I don't know what that was. It was like a. It was like pitbull. Like. You're not a pitbull guy. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I've told you. I've heard from uh, folks at home that he's a tremendous live performer. You should go see him sometime. Sure is. So is Bruno Mars. What does that mean? Bruno Mars is tremendous live. Okay. So you're pro Bruno Mars, but not pro Pitbull. But I would never, like, listen to a Bruno Mars CD in the car or anything. Well, the annual ritual's coming up. Draft? Jets draft. Okay. It's a little bit different. Okay. Danielle McCartan's been covering New York sports for a while now. She does radio on WFAN. Danielle, how you doing? Hey, Steve. Yes, the Jets draft is very different. Hi, Adam. How are you? What's up? <laughs> Exciting. Big week. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're supposed to come on and talk Jets' path to the draft and be all fired up, but there's always there's always some apprehension. Before we get to any of that, uh, what's the mood in New York in general from a sports standpoint? Is uh, well, are things opening up? Are things opening up? Because we're going to talk Knicks later on, but uh, do you feel like things are kind of opening up and New Yorkers and New Jersey folks are getting more and more fired up? Um, you mean in terms of capacity limits and stuff, or like sports? <laughs> everything, 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 life, yeah, sports, <laughs> the, the community. Yeah, I, I, people are calling me all all weekend about the Knicks. Knicks are what not, have won what nine in a row. Um, they're going to make the playoffs as the four seed and look out, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, you know, uh, people are a little upset about the Yankees and high on the Mets. So that's the feeling, and I believe the capacity limits are going to be up to thirty three percent beginning on May fifteenth. I think I saw. Right. So that's good. All right, well, let's get into the Jets. Is yeah. this thing cinched is as obvious as we think it is? Is it Zach Wilson at number two? Yeah, it's, it's very obvious uh, because it's the only reason why I say that is because there were reports over the weekend um, that Zach Wilson actually fielded phone calls or, or called uh, a couple of old Jets quarterbacks like Chad Pennington, Mark Sanchez, and even Josh McCown. So he is cemented into – I mean, I, there's been rumors that he's been already be given, like, keys to the playbook and stuff. So Zach Wilson will be a Jet, um, unfortunately, actually. Um, listen, I, <laughs> there were two ways this could have gone. The Jets had two routes. In my opinion, I think they picked the wrong one. I would have definitely preferred Sam Darnold with Kyle Pitts at number two and an offensive lineman at 23 over Zach Wilson at two and – Come what may at 23. But that's just me. Uh, are we sure those quarterbacks weren't calling him to say, hey, don't let yourself get drafted there. It's a wasteland. You're going to ruin your career? <laughs> well, maybe not Mark Sanchez. He did take the Jets to, to two back-to-back AFC championship games. But maybe the other two. I don't know. I mean, I, I was asked. I mean, you had some good information there of, of how we know this. But somebody asked me the other day, how do we know the Jets are taking Wilson? And I was like, I don't know. We just assume yeah. like that. That's that's been the assumption for a while. Yeah, yeah. Tell them that, and and tell them that um, that the only quarterback that all three Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, and uh, Mike Lafleur went to go see was Zach Wilson in his pro days. So it, it was pretty much set in stone right from that day. If Sam Darnold does go to Carolina and turn into the player that a lot of people still think he could probably be, uh, he's still very young. Uh, we know that he has, you know, top end of the draft talent. It just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. How mad would Jets fans and how mad would even the Jets organization be that they gave up on him at this point? Yeah, I think they made a huge mistake. I'm one of those people. I, I, if there's a way to bet, you guys could tell me. If there's a way to bet on comeback player of the year, you're going to put your money on Sam Donald for that. Uh, just think of what Ryan Tannehill was able to accomplish without Adam Gates. So this is a system that he's going to flourish in. I, I will guarantee it. Listen, all these teams are calling the Jets about trading for Sam Darnold. There were like four or five, even six teams. That tells me that he's got NFL-level talent, and it's going to be fun. And the Jets are going to be kicking themselves. That's what I think. What else are the Jets going to do in the first round? Yeah, so obviously, well, maybe not so obvious, but to me it's obvious that they're picking Zach Wilson at two. I actually, this weekend, I proposed a trade-up. Are you ready for this? I proposed a trade-up with the Arizona Cardinals, right? The Jets are at 23, and they're 16. So I would, if I were the Jets, if I'm GM of the Jets, I'm sending my 23rd overall pick and a third-round pick this season for the 16th overall Arizona Cardinals pick because when you look at that, that draft chart, you know, they assign point values in and stuff, it's exactly even in value. So with that new 16th, overall pick, if I were the GM or the Jets, 
I'd be looking at an offensive lineman, and I love – see, there's two theories you can go with this, too. Do you go tackle? Because Sewell's going to be off the board. They could go Rashawn Slater, maybe, maybe Tevin Jenkins. I would actually shore up the left side of that line next to Mekhi Becton, who is an absolute house, and I would go left guard Elijah Vera Tucker. That's fine. Adam, you like any of the names? If the Jets were to screw over the Raiders and jump in front of them, yeah, I don't, I don't think they might. They might not have to trade up to get Vera Tucker. Yeah, he might fall. Yeah. I mean, you want if you if that's the guy you you want and you want to target and you want to go get him, um, then yeah, I think that that would be that would be a worthwhile thing to do. But I, I think it's possible he falls. So that that would work out very well for them if he comes down there. He's a guy that uh, can definitely play guard. Has played a lot of guard. Has also played tackle. He's kind of in between, and that might be why he's not looked at as a little higher. But, yeah, if you want to put him at guard and put him next to Beckton and just say, hey, we've got this side of the line shored up, uh, yep. that would probably be a good move. Well, can you imagine this? Can you imagine being Zach Wilson, a first-year quarterback in the, in the NFL, it's your first you know, go at pro- professional football, and you've got your blind side absolutely shored up? I mean, wouldn't that let you sleep at night? <laughs> Something that Sam Darnold never was able to do here in New York. I mean, the – the number two money would make me sleep pretty well. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> it's a big part of it. Danielle yeah. McCartan's with us. A path to the draft. The Jets are in the two-hole. She does radio on WFAN. I'll ask both of you guys and, and start with Danielle. Uh, if mm-hmm. it wasn't an offensive lineman at 23, who's the next best weapon? Are there some receivers you like? Because uh, I, I think the three best receivers will be off the board. Kyle Pitts seems like he's going to go top yep. ten. Is there someone else that you like to add to that receiving core? Um, at this point, no. I mean, for the Jets, it, this is not a one-year rebuild, you know. So, actually, I, I, their defense is atrocious. Uh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine enough. They got the wide receiver from uh, from Tennessee Titans. So, what I would do is I would kind of weigh where the receivers are that are on my board. But, ultimately, I really think that um, their defense sucks. So, they're going to need a cornerback. <laughs> okay. I, I like um, – this guy's really underrated. The names you're hearing, of obviously, are Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn, right? You're hearing those names. Even uh, Asante Samuel Jr., who's, who's not that good, in my opinion. The, and the name that I'm not hearing a lot of, cornerback Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. I like him. I, if, if, if it's not an offensive lineman, I hope they pick him. I So, as Steve knows, I have the rough draft of my final mock that will come out on Wednesday. And mm-hmm. I just looked who the Jets are picking at 23. Greg Newsom. Oh, wow. Look at you guys. Sharing yeah, a, look sharing at that. A brain. Look at yeah. that. All right. Well, just so you know, Adam has uh, has only hit 11% of his draft picks over the last <laughs> couple of years. So. You're making that oh. I, I, I totally made that up. I totally made that <laughs> totally up. Totally made that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danielle. We're laughing. We're having a good time. Uh, what's going on with the Yankees? Uh-oh. What is oh, happening? Oh, good. Um, oh, God. How much time do you have? How much time do I have left? Uh, what's happening with the Yankees? Um, Aaron Boone and... Brian Cashman are extremely inflexible on how they are putting out lineups, and they they won't change it. They keep benching Clint Frazier for the likes of Grandpa Gardner. I'm not sure why. Um, and it's just the, the pitching. Their the starting pitching can't go longer. Besides Garrett Cole, they're, they're averaging, what, four innings in outing? The bullpen is eating it. They're the most used bullpen in all of baseball with, I think, 4.33 innings on average. Um, it's, just, it's, just, it's just too much, and... They're not hitting, and, and by the way, before they moved Aaron Hicks out of the three spot in the batting order, he was four for 52. I mean, I don't know what he had to have done to get himself out of there, but then guess what? He's batting sixth or seventh. He had two home runs in two days. Guess what? Oh, my God, that works. There's not a lot of pressure on him. He's doing fine. 
But man, that's that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, the the rotation, which you know, you and I argued last year before the season about it, and they got you know they let Tanaka walk, but yep, they've got mistakes. You know, they've got guys are, they're they're you know kind of experimenting with, and I just yep. don't know that the Yankees should be in a position. You know, if Kluber and Tyon are your five and six starters, then fine, roll yes. the dice. Yes. My my biggest question going back to the off season is. Why are the Dodgers outspending the Yankees? Yeah. Why is Trevor Bauer not on the Yankees? Yeah, well, he, he, I'm glad he's not on the Yankees or the Mets for that matter. But oh, stop! Uh, yeah, stop! Get no. past! Get past no. all the Come drama. On. He's going to go out no. here. He's going to throw 200 innings and strike out 270. He's going to win a lot of games. And instead, the Yankees are freaking rolling out, you know, a, a very antiquated, uh, worn out Corey Kluber. That's a joke. Yeah. Well, well let's keep that audio. Can we can we save that audio for when he doesn't do that, Trevor Bauer? That is. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, like you said, if it was a back end of the, uh, the starting rotation, that would have been fine. They had two huge question marks, and right now neither of them are paying off. And um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. You know, they can't go out and get anybody because Hal Steinbrenner is so adamant about staying under the luxury tax for whatever reason. I mean, this Yankees team, their window is closing. We talked about it last year. Their window is closing faster than people think. And here they are, haven't made, haven't made or won a World Series since 2009. That's like a real long time ago for Yankee fans. I'll make you guys both feel better. Uh, Yankees are losing one nothing <laughs> yeah, right. right now. No, already, uh, so nice. This this marks the 17th straight game they have trailed at some point. Wow. Yeah, you know that's that's interesting. You bring that up because I talked about that too about two weeks ago on the radio. When they get down like 78 percent of the time, when they're down early in the game, they end up losing the game. So this is a team that shows me that they have, like, no fight, no desire. Um, but as of recently, they actually have turned that around. Last week, they won. They were down, I think, four to- in four games, and they came back to win three of them. So maybe the guys are tur- turning, um, but that's what that tells me, that they're able to come back and, and overcome some adversity. So we'll see what happens. All right, Danielle, we appreciate it. You got a, uh, you got a selection for the Giants? What do you think the Giants are going to do at the 11th spot? Uh, yeah, uh, the Giants. Okay, I think actually, I think they're, they're, if, okay, my pick for the Giants would be if Jalen Waddell is there, you go and get him. If Jamar Chase is there, you go and get him. I don't really like Devontae Smith. So then I would switch over to the defense, and I don't like Mika Parsons, but I would go instead linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa out of Notre Dame, linebacker for the Giants. All right, good job. All right, Danielle, we'll talk to you soon. All right, we'll see what happens. Yes, we will. Danielle McCartan, WFAN. I don't think we have to see much of what's going to happen with the Jets. Although at 23, what would you do? You get more offense? You get more weapons? Is there a fourth receiver we're taking at 23? Well, they're picking at 30, what, 33 also, 34. Okay. So I think there's going to be plenty. Of, there's so many good wide receivers, so I don't know that I would take it there. So get the best lineman. Um, and, and do you like what she was saying about a left guard or you go right tackle? Well, I have them down as a, as a corner, so yeah. um, I, I think that makes some sense. I, I think, first of all, you should take the best player. It doesn't matter where you need them. doesn't matter if you're putrid. Especially if you're bad. Just take the best yeah. players. So you just need someone. Get better You everywhere. need someone everywhere. Yeah, Except, I, I think for sure. So you're not going to take a second quarterback. What I wouldn't do, uh, I've heard a lot of Najee Harris talk. I've heard a lot of running back, too. Don't do it. Don't do at, it. At, at either slot. No. Travis Etienne at either slot? No. Wait. No. I mean, if you give me Javante Williams in the third round over everybody. I'll take that all day. Uh, but, yeah, I would not take a running back with a first-round pick. No question. No way. You take that if, you, if you're you completely locked in everywhere and you're like, oh, there's this awesome running back. Sure, I'll take him. 
but I, I definitely don't think I would take a running back in the first round. Probably wouldn't take it at the top of the second round. And uh, I think you could find guys to run the ball. Guess what? If you build your offensive line, your passing game, you're going to be able to run the ball no matter what. Hit WeedSellers.com today and order some Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, or Cabernet Sauvignon. We embrace equality and diversity. Weed Sellers. Time now for Dustin DeHart's Club 99. Back to Steve Cofield. Hey, we're at the D on a Monday. We got a trio of hockey games that just started up a couple minutes ago. This is a hockey bar, first and foremost, but all the other games are up. Major League Baseball, NBA as well. It's upstairs at the D. You can get the uh, special collector's cup with purchase, a uh, VGK collector's cup here. And they've got uh, pitcher specials on Heineken and Coors Light. We were just talking during the break about the Jets draft, which, you know, even though the Raiders are picking down at, at 17, the Raiders and Jets, in terms of the draft, have some similarities and that is just not nailing enough well first of all the, the when you get the Raiders well the Jets are where the Raiders were a couple of years ago where the Raiders decided hey let's get a ton of draft capital with these first round picks and so far I mean it's been very mixed results on the number one picks and you know the Jets traded away dudes were mostly tanking they've got all these high picks you gotta nail them otherwise this this is why you know you're generally going to be in that six or seven win or worse range every single year. At around 520, I do want to get into those third-round picks the Raiders have and just how important they are because I think it's been brushed over just how bad the Lynn Bowden situation was. You can't have that happen. No. And I think a lot of us in the market and a lot of Raiders, especially Raiders fans, because there are many who just – and there are a lot of critical Raiders fans, but there are many who are just, they are devotees. And I didn't see them flip over or flip out over that, and they should have because it's bad. So I was looking back at last year's draft and how many good players that could have filled a hole this year went after Bowden. So we'll get to that. Yeah. Do you know anything about Clubhouse? Anything? This It's more of a, a voice meetup. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, apparently the NFL's in with it. I thought it was relatively new, but the NFL is going to try it. Basically a place to go chat from an audible standpoint about the NFL draft. Are you hooked? No. And, and like, I just got in with, uh, was it Telegram? Like, that's a weird one. What is that one? It's basically, like, it's, it's essentially group texts. Like in the old like message board or like you know Reddit style, but instead of like going to a site, it's like a group text for people that are interested in that subject. So you could get on like a Raiders Telegram page, and then it's just Raiders fans group texting each other all day. And of course, it just devolves into you know politics and and everything else. But it's essentially just a, a massive group text for people of common interest. It's very weird. But all the like so many of these things are so weird to me. And there are things that I'll like check out for like a day or two, and then I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm moving on. I think the biggest thing to look at is what, where does this go? Like when a new, when a new, like when uh, Periscope came out, you're like, all right, Periscope is probably going to be fun for like a year or two. What does it lead to? Well, it led to all these other 
you know, video chatting sites and, and streaming services and that sort of thing that you could that you could check out. So it's it's where does the technology lead on a lot of these things? So it says here in the press release, the NFL hooking up with Clubhouse, which is audio based. Users can drop in on the Clubhouse rooms, follow the picks live as they're announced, and listen in on discussions from key NFL figures, from athletes and coaches to network personalities. Fans also have the opportunity to join the conversation and be invited on stage by moderators to ask questions or share their reactions to the draft. I mean, it sounds like a sports talk show with callers. We're going to take callers. We're just going to nominate you to come on stage and ask a question. Yeah, this caller. (laughs) That's what it is. Yeah. You're listening to a radio broadcast. But is is this sort of affirmation that what we do is pretty cool? Sure. Maybe not us, but good shows. Sure, I think I think so. And, and that it's like at its core, like we've always said this. Like there's going to be, you know, there might not be radio stations in the sense that they are now, but there's going to be this medium in some form. Like we talk about it in newspapers all the time. You may not. We may get to a point where you're not getting the newspaper delivered to your steps every day, but there's going to be newspapers in some form. Same thing. Like at its core. Sports radio is a very cool thing that people want to participate in and be a part of, but it just evolves into different spaces. Five o'clock hour is on the way in, a, in a, just over 20 minutes. we got the Big Five live here from Bar Canada. I want to get into European fans versus some American fans, specifically New York sports fans. Club 99 is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Want to talk interest rates and ask about getting your mortgage tuned up? Dustin is Cofield's real estate guy. He needs to be yours, too. Call Dustin DeHart at 577-2600. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with John Von Tobel. All right, let's do it. JVT joins us every Monday. Slow cooker Saturday. Is that better than slow cooker Sunday, John? Uh, Saturday is obviously better, but uh, I also I, – I do these kind of things on purpose. You're referring to, of course, our group chat where I send pictures of me cooking things. But I only do it for one reason, yes. uh, to trigger one Ryan McKinnell <laughs> so then he will try to one-up me uh, either did. within a few hours yeah, or the next did. day. And sure he enough, tried to. what happened? Yeah, he tried to. What were you cooking? Uh, I was like a slow, it was a pork roast. It was a, a, a honey Parmesan garlic pork roast. Put it in there for about five hours. You know, had some had some friends. Had my buddy over, his girl, and their daughter. And he just hung out and watched the fights. But it was a little pork roast. And on the side, because she's a vegetarian, made some cauliflower buffalo dip. Uh, a little bit of shrimp uh, with a Caesar salad. It was pretty good. All right, please send out the photo of John's slow cooker picture with the description he just gave. And we need it done in three minutes. You think there's any chance that Ari was listening right then? No. Uh, now, by the way, your description was beautiful, which reminds me of Below Deck. I'm not going to do Below Deck. Good, that's there's good. often on Below Deck. There's often uh, there's a lost in translation moments when the chef downstairs gives a description of the meal, and then the server goes up and completely botches it and makes it sound inedible. So I thought it was like a good fast foodies description, uh, for sure. John can. I mean, I, I don't mean to – I know you brought them up, so I'll, I'll reference it. Uh, you, Your Saturday food cooking uh, led us to our Sunday event 
of Ryan sending us like a hundred photos <laughs> at various stages of the day, and uh, I know that you know that this was quite a weekend for me in terms of notifications on my phone. But then, like, I kept checking my phone. Like, is he sending another photo? Did he cook all day? What is he doing? My favorite response was Adam's word. It was just simply, is this what you're doing all day? Yeah. <laughs> he sent a bunch of pictures and said it looked like, he said it's like chicken pot pie stew with a question mark, so he doesn't really know what it is. Uh, then Ari said, what are the yellow purple things with the celery and carrots? And McKinnell has colored carrots. Well, I mean, they're purple carrots, right? Like, they're out there. I know what those are. I just, look, Ryan's a very good cook, and I'm sure this might set him off. The final product, really, I just didn't get what it was. And was it like, like was it that bread that he sent us, or was it the one before where it looked like some it's sort both. of soup? I think it's like, both. It was like, it was some sort of chicken stew that he threw some gravy in, and then there was a cornbread. Uh, you know what, I'll, I'll have to mash up all these pictures, and we'll get... We'll get the uh, Cofield and Company cooking audience and crew to judge it. Well, and here's the thing. So, and if you look carefully in one of the pictures, in the background, it's one of the first ones where he sent us, like, whatever the ground-up stuff at the bottom of the pan is. Um, in the background, there's actually a pre-cooked rotisserie chicken. So, uh, we don't do that in the Von Tobel household. <laughs> oh, wait. Are you accusing him? He did all the, some of the homemade stuff, but then just used the chicken from the store? Uh, that's exactly what I'm accusing him of. Wow. <laughs> All right. Shots fired. Jeez. All right, let's talk some NBA to get the hell out of this. Uh, Lakers now with Anthony Davis back. How are betters? How are books approaching this? So I uh, better the books are approaching and betters likely, right? Because, you know, books hang up the number, betters sharpen it up, whatever you, however you want to phrase it. Um, but the market ultimately shapes the final closing number. And personally, I, I think the betters in the market has kind of overvalued Los Angeles, right? You know, the first two games uh, with Davis back, they lose both games against the Dallas Mavericks. But we're talking, I think, Steve, about like the market really overvaluing the return of Davis. And there's two things that go into it. One, he's on a minutes restriction, right? You know, it, it got up the other day against Dallas in the second game of the two game set that they were playing. Went from 15 minutes to 25 minutes. He played about 28 in the game, ultimately. And it sounds like he's going to be on that minutes restriction again tonight because they're right now in action. Um, and the other part is, I don't know if you remember, when LeBron James, or excuse me, when Davis originally got hurt and the Lakers and LeBron went on that like one and six stretch. There was a really stupid conversation being had that Davis without LeBron and that Lakers team would be better than the Lakers team with LeBron and now Davis. Statistically, it's an absolute joke. And when you look at the updated numbers, Lakers are now outscored by 10.1 points every 100 possessions without LeBron James on the floor and with Anthony Davis on it. They're just not a good team. And their defensive rating without LeBron James and AD on the floor is 120. Again, not really good. So we have those two things kind of going in together, right? We have a team that is upgraded from a power rating perspective, even though the star that has upgraded their power rating isn't really playing. And then you actually have the fact that the star, when he's on the floor, actually isn't really that positive for their ultimate impact. So I think that leads to them being kind of overvalued. And today, look, I didn't want to take another shot tonight. I played them in the second game with the, uh, with the Mavericks in the second game against them. But right now, right, they're tied up, or I think it's 41-39 with the Orlando Magic with 6-10 left to go in the second. I'm going to be playing against the Lakers a little bit more often than not going forward because I think the market's really overvalued the impact of Davis. It's actually a negative impact when you look at it statistically. We're going to get into some specifics on the uh, betting the draft, but what is your kind of general philosophy on betting it? Because it's not like betting a game where you're trying to determine what the outcome is. You're trying to bet on what the thought process is of these teams. Yeah, and you, so Adam, and I, like, I don't know how you approach it. I think you approach it generally the same. 
which is I kind of just approach it the way I would do, right? Like it's it's if you evaluate football and you when you watch football, you read people who are smarter than you. You can get a sense of what these players are like from a talent perspective. You can get the value of positions. You know, I think case in point, a really good one, a guy like Micah Parsons, right? You know, I think if you if you watch enough football, if you study enough football, if you read enough about how these players are evaluated, you realize that a guy like Micah Parsons, just because of his position, doesn't hold a lot of value. Like a tweener, inside-outside linebacker, who's not like an overly dominant pass rusher, is not going to be positional value. And so he'll probably go a little bit later than originally indicated. And sure enough, what has happened with his draft position, it was originally 11 and a half. Now it's 13 and a half. And the teams that were originally thought to be wanted to take him, the Giants are reportedly more infatuated with the corners in this market. Same thing with the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, that's the kind of way I approach it. You know, I evaluate the players on my own, and I also just take into account how all of these guys are, you know, being thrown out there in terms of their evaluation as a player itself. The mock drafts help, but I think knowing like positional value, how these guys play, and evaluating them yourself really helps, I think, in terms of betting a lot of these spots. Well, a lot of it is also, you know, trying to read what's real and what's not real, and we hear with the San Francisco 49ers the report that Justin Fields is out. So are we yeah. to assume that that's true, that Justin Fields is out, or is this a smokescreen? I mean, I, I personally, there's enough where there's enough smoke, there is fire, right? And this is now multiple reports from different people, right? Whether it's Lombard, Michael Lombardi, who I work with, whether it's Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, you know, whether it's Benjamin Albright, who works out in Denver, like all of these guys, like there's all these different reports, and all of them are coming to the exact same point, which is Justin Fields seems to be out. Now, I think it's a stupid choice, and I am fascinated by what the next five to seven years are going to bring with these two kind of tied to the hip in terms of the evaluation, if it is indeed Mac Jones. Uh, but I also think something that was pretty interesting today was, you know, we got to hear from Kyle Shanahan. We got to hear from John Lynch. And one of the things that stuck out to me, Adam, was the conversation around Jimmy Garoppolo and how comfortable they are with Jimmy G and how much they like him and how much, you know, how comfortable you kind of got the feeling that, of course, they would be with him as their starting quarterback for this year with a rookie quarterback as the backup. It seemed pretty clear that Shanahan was comfortable rolling with whatever rookie they took in that third overall slot to be a developmental guy and sit behind Jimmy G for at least this season, which kind of made me think, well, who's the real developmental guy, right? Like, if you're looking at Mac Jones, for example, I think we can kind of all agree, like, Mac Jones is somewhat near his ceiling. Like, his floor is probably a little bit higher than the rest of these guys, but his ceiling, I think, is a lot lower than a Fields or a Trey Lance. But who has the potential to have the highest ceiling with some time to learn? Well, if it's out of the two that we know, uh, Trey Lance, right? And so I think it's pretty tempting to look at the situation here for San Francisco and think that maybe it's actually Trey Lance who's going to be the guy that ultimately they fall on because he is the ultimate developmental project. He is, I think, out of all these guys, the highest potential ceiling if drafted and developed in the right fashion, which the San Francisco 49ers can provide. So I was really interested by the, the, the press conference today. And even when I bet Justin Fields, I'll put it out to you, know, I have him at plus 180 to go third overall. I also put a little bit on Trey Lance at plus 375 just to kind of hedge off a little bit because it, the thought was maybe potentially that they were still looking at Lance. So that's where I'm sitting right now. But I thought the press conference today, I think a lot of people were thinking it's Jones. I actually heard more Trey Lance-type analysis from that one, but maybe I'm reading too much into it. Well, and so people know, also at the press conference, uh, Shanahan was asked about the future, and he said, I can't guarantee anybody here is alive on Sunday. <laughs> Which is very true. I mean, it's very factual. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen by Sunday? I guess. I don't know how to read into too much of that. Um, I know that you you sent over a note that said seems like Kyle Pitts – is pretty much locked into the four. Uh, I will make this counter. If it is Mac Jones at three, or even potentially Trey Lance, I know that there are teams that think Justin Fields is the best quarterback in this draft, or at least the second best right behind Trevor Lawrence. If Mac Jones or Trey Lance goes three, all of a sudden that number four pick is a very, very, very valuable one 
and the Falcons may indeed get an offer they can't refuse to trade out of it. So, and that's this is what I think is really interesting, though, right? Because you're right. Like, if Fields is still there, it, it, it becomes very it would behoove a lot of these teams to move up. But you look at that. To me, out of the way, I look at it is all right. So let's look at like the candidates to potentially do that, right? Maybe Denver at number nine potentially. Uh, but if it's like Mac Jones, I think they really want Trey Lance. You really need to move up to four because like Cincinnati doesn't need a quarterback. Miami doesn't need a quarterback. Detroit, Carolina, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants. As you go along, like the best candidates to potentially move up would be Minnesota at 14, New England at 15, right? Like, are they going to pay that price to move that far up to number four to potentially go get him? Like, I just look at the way the board breaks, and I think if I'm sitting at number nine, if I'm Denver, if I'm sitting at 13, like if I'm New England, right, for example, and I'm sitting and maybe like a Carolina's potentially moving down because I think Carolina ultimately wants either, you know, a really good wide receiver or an offensive lineman, which they could potentially get later. I just don't know where the candidates come from. Like, I know they're out there, but think about the price you'd have to pay to move all the way up to four, which is why ultimately I think the Falcons are just going to sit there and go, yeah, let's just take Pitts because there might be offers, but it might not really be worth that much when the transcendent talent that is Kyle Pitts, who many think could just be the best player, period, in this draft, is sitting right there in your lap. Well, yeah, and I, I think what you're doing if you trade up, like I think Denver trades up from nine to four or at least makes that offer. And what you're doing is just not letting those other teams do it. Like I think the Lions could trade down. So if you're Denver, you're jumping ahead of the Lions who could be trading their pick to like New England or Washington or Chicago. Yeah. No, I, like I said, like I, I think there's totally a scenario for it. I just think like there, you would have to give up so much for it to actually happen that I just don't know if it's a realistic chance, right? Like, we get really excited about all these trades and these, these deals for to potentially move up to go get quarterbacks, when in reality, like, the moves that we really see aren't a lot. I think the biggest one we saw was Kansas City when they moved with a 23-10 to 10 that year to go get Patrick Mahomes, and that was the first one we saw in a really long time, at least that big of a leap from a team all the way to the back end of the first round to go get a guy who they really like. So, like, it's there. There's a potential. But I just feel like, too, when you couple in the trade talks for Julio Jones, right, because all of a sudden Julio Jones is on the block, well, if Julio Jones is on a block, one of your best offensive weapons, maybe that's because you already know that we're going to replace him with a transcendent talent that is Pitt. Uh, are you all in on Joe Horn's son, J.C. Horn? So, I'm not. Actually, I think this is really interesting. I don't know how much you follow all the other mock drafts. Sam Austin, the PFF, had a mock draft that he released like two weeks ago. He didn't have Horn as a first-round pick. Like, and, his, and it's just one guy's analysis, right? By all accounts, Horn's going to be a first-round guy. I just thought it was really interesting, the analysis on him, where he's somewhat of a, a limited corner, right? Like, it's just straight-up man coverage. Other than that, kind of struggles in other aspects. But uh, it does seem that Horn is kind of moving well within the top 15. There was, you know, I mentioned one of the reports that the Giants are really infatuated with the corner market. J.C. Horn is the name that is really tied to them, according to some reports. Uh, one report said that the Cowboys are down to Sertan or Horn uh, as the two selections that they're kind of throwing around as who they would take uh, with their selection right in number 10. So it does seem like Horn has really moved up boards, and we have seen some prices move on him. You know, I think we're talking about like 16 and a half and lower uh, with Horn, depending on where you look at some of the markets. So he's definitely one of the movers in the market. doesn't necessarily mean he's rising and falling with draft stock because guys are generally static. We talk about it a lot. But in terms of draft props, his price is definitely shrinking, or say his draft position has definitely been shrinking in a lot of these operations. So it's worth pointing out, if you haven't gotten into the market yet, just realize that Horn, there's not a lot of value left in terms of his draft position unless you're betting that over, and all indications are that he's not going over that. Von Tobel's with us tomorrow on Cofield & Company. What do you got rest of the week? You got a big draft coverage with VEASAN? Yeah, a lot, massive draft coverage with VEASAN. I'll be on all, pretty much all night, I think, from like 6 to about 10 or 7 to 10, uh, helping out with the draft coverage. You can check that out at VEASAN.com. Lots of write-ups, too, at VEASAN.com. And, of course, I, I still write up the NBA every single day. So you go to VEASAN.com slash JVT. You can find all the work up there. 
John, you're the man. Thank you. All right, guys. See you later. Podcast tonight. Yes, sir. There he is. John Montobel. Podcast tonight, 1030. We'll uh, get a lot of the dirt behind the scenes with uh, Adam Hill's rough Saturdays. UFC fans, I usually try to, I'll say hate, and then I correct it. I'm like, eh, dislike. No, there are UFC fans and Doc Travis fans that hate Adam Hill. 1030 tonight, more on this developing situation, a rough situation, an emotional situation with the Smarter Than You podcast. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.